The Joy FM Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. I'm joined by Hunter Nunley and Caleb Miller of the Wiregrass Kings boys basketball team here in the studio today. Guys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, great to be here. So... It's been an amazing year for the entire Wiregrass Kings boys basketball program with the varsity, junior varsity, and junior high teams all winning the Alabama uh, Christian Schools Conference Championships. Talk about how cool it's been seeing each team have successful seasons. I mean, honestly, it's uh, we've been here. Varsity's been here before. Uh, JV, they were there last year. Tough loss for them. Same with us two years ago. Tough loss for us. It's our first year actually having a middle school team. So, they're doing great. My brother plays on it, so it's fun to watch him go. But um, Nolan, our coach, he he knows winning, and he's instilled that winning mentality inside of all of us. So it's been it's been good, and I'm excited for championship weekend next Saturday. Hunter, you got anything you want to add on top of that, man? I mean, it's been a great run seeing all the kids develop from summer practices and workouts to what they are now running and running the show for every team we play. Now, being a homeschool-based team, when you're getting ready to go against another school, do you think they tend to overlook you? Maybe not this, necessarily this year, but maybe in years prior, do they? Do you think they tend to overlook you when they see you on the schedule as uh, you get ready to play them in a game? I'll tell you, personally, as a homeschool ball player, I've been overlooked my entire basketball career. Uh, just recently, I've started to get some recognition for the game that I have. So, yeah, the Wiregrass Kings have been overlooked for a long time, but we're finally making a name for ourselves. Yeah, man, it's, um, I know you and Hunter, we've had a few conversations about, you know, how you getting ready to play a certain team and they may be chirping a little bit, saying a few things. Uh, what's some of the kind of disrespect that you guys have uh, heard over the time and throughout the season? I mean, overall, I mean, everyone looks at us as a small team and they think we're weak. They think they can just push us over. But, I mean, in some cases, the smaller you are, the harder you fight. And we get right back up and we'll fight back. Now, Hunter, last season, your dad, Jeff Nunley, was the head coach of the team. What was it like playing for your dad? It wasn't too tough for me. I, honestly, I think that was one of my better seasons just because I had the knowledge in my back pocket knowing my dad wasn't going to hound me if I took a bad shot. I mean, he trusted me with the ball, and I just went with it. Now, um, what were the conversations like on the way home after games? Uh, was it... So I'm sure there was some criticism involved, maybe some encouragement as well. But what was the ride home after uh, some some of those tough losses? I mean, as the season went on, we kind of talked more towards what the team could do better situationally and system-wise, um, plays we could run differently or be more effective. But, uh, I mean, as a whole, him critiquing me wasn't too much. I mean, he's, we'd ride back from travel ball games when I was younger and critique me the whole way and – I mean, it got to a point where I knew what he was going to say, so he just didn't say it. <laughs> now, this year, Coach Nolan Helder is at the helm. Uh, speak on how he emphasizes details in practice and how well he prepares the teams for games. I'll tell you one thing. We we prepare for a team. When we prepare for a team, we prepare to beat that team. Uh, like today in practice, we did 20 minutes for Evangel because we think they're going to come out of it. We did 20 minutes for Ezekiel, and then we did – 
15, 20 more minutes against Evangel just because he wants us to have that, like, this is what we're going to do in the game. This is how we're going to get to this point. If they do this, we're going to switch to this. So just like I said earlier, that winning mentality, he's he has it, and it's that's a tough thing to teach. I think overall you can see it as a player. I mean, you see coaches, they'll go to a the game you're going to play and they'll scout their warm-ups and scout – the JV team or whoever played first. And I mean, he's multiple occasions. He's gone and driven the extra two, three hours to go watch those teams that we haven't played yet or are going to play or have played just to get a better outlook on what's to come and what to look for. And just to get an overall look as to what they do against other teams, not just us. Now tell me, what is it about this year's roster that makes it such a difficult matchup? For opposing teams. Depth. We have depth this year. We haven't had depth in a long time. So the guards coming off the bench can handle the ball, can shoot the ball. They can just play ball. Like, and we haven't had that in a long time. We've got bigs coming off the bench this year, which is really helpful. Helder's son, Kane, great ball player. He'll be really good. We've got a new kid we picked up, Aiden. He's a beast. He's a beast. That's that's about all I can say to that. He's a beast. And then Will, Will Holland, He's ninth grade, right? He is a freshman. Yeah, all three of those kids are freshmen. They're they're good, but for sure, depth uh, would be the biggest thing this year in my mind. And I think to go along with that, I mean, all the depth that we have, I mean, the trust that we give to all those players, I mean, knowing that they have your back is a big part of it. I mean, being able to trust that you pass the ball to somebody and them not turn it over, I mean, that's that's big in a team atmosphere. Yeah. Now, I was in attendance on senior night against East Central. Uh, that place was jam-packed. The atmosphere was insane. It was just a crazy game to attend as far as just what it felt like being inside that gym. Uh, talk about how special that night was for you two guys as seniors. Ooh, man, that was I've that was a fun night, very fun night. But I've been with the Kings for six years. I've been playing ball, baseball, basketball throughout that entire thing. So I've given blood, sweat, tears to this organization. So it was a bittersweet night. We got the win, but it's also, man, this is my last time in this gym playing for the Kings. But the way we ended that game with the the lob pass to me for the three from Hunter, uh, that was beautiful. It was a way to go out, that's for sure. Hunter, tell me about that play, man. Take us through that play. I mean, I just I remember like a couple possessions earlier, our coach told us to, I mean, it's our senior night, take each of us get one shot however we want to shoot it and I mean we both terribly missed <laughs> horrible it was bad it was but really bad then we had two great defensive stops and uh I mean on one of them we went down and I'm pushing it and I hear I hear Caleb behind me and I, he says you know what time it is and I flipped it back to him and I didn't even watch it I, just, I knew it went in <laughs> I can't miss those can't miss those man I like I said I when I, I seen, like I said, you had uh, Caleb trailing you, you pitched it back, he knocks down a three. Like you said, you didn't even watch it go in. It was like the Warriors, have we seen them over the years past where they pitch it and teammates running down the other side of the court because they know it's money. And it was that night. And so it was pretty cool just seeing that place erupt after that happened, man. So, uh, you know, that was that was definitely a fun game to attend. Now, Friday is the state, state semifinal game against Ezekiel Academy. Uh, what kind of threat – does this team present against your team and what will it take to beat them? I mean, I don't want to overlook them by any means, but as a team as a whole, they're really run through one guy. You see it all year. They, he's averaging 
the most points in the league this year, and he's they're really their only true basketball player. But even still, he's not an amazing player. And if we match up correct, I mean, we can play them and beat them however we want to. Okay, what you got? Man? I mean, the good thing this year is if you can find an answer for me or James, like. Then you have to answer for Nolan, Hunter, Will, Kane, Aiden. I mean, I could name almost the entire bench. Nobody this year's had an answer for everyone at the same time. Um, besides maybe a couple non-conference games that yeah. went down to the wire. But I really don't think Ezekiel is going to be able to handle what we can throw at them. They might be able to stay with us for a little bit just because, like he said, number 51, their best player, he can score the basketball. He's a little out of control, but he can score the basketball. So if we can shut that down, I think that'll – lead to a much easier win. Now, Hunter, uh, Valentine's Day is Friday. It's just the same day you all play your state semifinal game against Ezekiel Academy. We know Valentine's Day is a day of appreciation, of admiration, right? So tell me what is it you admire most about Caleb's game? Uh, I mean, he's a leader on the team. I mean, he struggles at times with whether it's the refs not calling it his way because, he. I mean, obviously he's a he's a great player and he's getting beat up and ref to run. I mean, refs aren't calling anything for him. He's getting hit, and they're not calling it. But uh, just his perseverance to keep pushing through it and prove that, I mean, no matter how hard you're hitting him, he's going to hit him, hit it right back at you. Now, Caleb, what is it about Hunter's game that you admire most? Mentality. It's that Mamba mentality. I mean, he's got that. Whether it's passing the ball, he might not be shooting well, but he's going to keep shooting because that's Hunter Nunley. He Jacks the ball no matter what, <laughs> but definitely, definitely mentality. I just, I love the way, because he coaches me on the floor. I coach him on the floor. It's just been back and forth for, what, four years now? So that's definitely mentality. Now, I coached a 9- and 10-year-old boys basketball team this year, and Hunter was at our game Monday night. And so after we came through that win, two-point victory, Hunter was like, did you uh, get my text during the game? I was like, man, when I'm in coach mode, I don't, <laughs> I don't think about anything else. I don't even see the fans, you know? And he was like, well, you did exactly what I was thinking, man. He was like, face guard, their best player. And he was like, you started doing that. So, Caleb, do you think, do you see Hunter as an extension of the coach when y'all are playing together? 100%. Like, when I'm on the floor, coach will be yelling something. I might not be able to hear him, but Hunter's, like, grabbing my jersey in my face, like, this is what we need to do. Even if coach isn't yelling, Hunter knows what to do on the floor. And that's just, it's huge as a ball player because when you're in there in the game, you don't hear anything. Like you said about coaching, like, you don't, don't hear anything. I never hear the fans. I barely hear coach half the time. I'm just locked in. So when he when he can get into my face and give me what we need to do, it makes it so much easier. Uh, Caleb, Hunter, I appreciate you guys swinging by the sweet spot. Uh, good luck this Friday against Ezekiel Academy. You know you have a lot of people here in the Wiregrass that have your backs. So are going to be cheering you on whether they make the drive or they're here uh, still in this area. Just know that we wish you guys the best the entire weekend. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, that was Hunter Nunley and Caleb Miller, two basketball players for the Wiregrass Kings, the only two seniors on the team, two guys that we know that a lot of people in this area are very proud of, just their leadership, their mentality, as you heard them speak about this year. And we're hoping that uh, Friday is a victory, at least a Saturday, which would be another victory, which would be the first title for the Wiregrass Kings boys basketball program. So that's Friday against Ezekiel Academy at Sanford University for the state semifinal game. Now, when we return, we're going to continue with this edition of The Sweet Spot. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.
Welcome to The Sweet Spot. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. I have a very special guest in studio with me today, a former Houston Academy Raider and current Miami University Red Hawk, Henry Beckett. Henry, thank you for being here today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, uh, before we get started, let me ask you, have you been fitted for your championship ring yet? We have, yeah. I'm a ten and a half. Uh, <laughs> we did that right before our bowl game, before we left. So, uh, yeah, I don't know when they'll come in, but we are fitted for them. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, your first year, conference champion, your first championship for Miami University since 2010, 16th in school history. Uh, man, that's impressive. You know, your first year on, on campus and you already got the championship ring. Yes, sir. You know, Coach Martin got up there, uh, I think, 2016, and he's been, you know, trudging away at it for a while now. And so uh, I think it's good to, you know, they finally seen the results of a lot of work that they put in and. I know those seniors that are graduating this year kind of came in. Uh, they always say to a sinking ship or a sinking ship, um, and I think that you know that was a good way that to send them out. They got kind of rewarded for that. So and you know, I always tell people uh, when we're talking about coaches, coaching changes, uh, new you know assistants and things like that. You have to give that staff few years to kind of implement the new culture and new strategy uh you know and so it's good to see those seniors who are going out like you said the results and hard work that they paid off over the several over the last few years so uh now let me tell you the name of the show is called the sweet spot the reason why i call it the sweet spot is because out of all the years growing up whether it was baseball basketball football there was no better feeling than hitting the ball on the sweet spot of the bat yep that's right tell me what's your sweet spot moment in sports what's that moment for you you're like man this it doesn't get much better than this well it's funny we actually use the same uh, terminology for kicking um when we kick a ball there's a sweet spot there's a part of the ball that we actually aim for called the sweet spot um but in a sport experience um i would say just when you hit a field goal in a game and it really you know come and it's the way that you want it to feel coming off your foot that's uh that's probably my favorite feeling i it, it's hard to beat that because it's like people say when they swing a golf club that when you hit it perfect that you don't even feel it that's the same way with kicking and when you get that feeling which you know you don't get every time but when you get it oh yeah i'd say that's probably my favorite thing now anytime i come across anyone who's relocating uh i tell them moving is a process yeah now i'm originally from madison alabama and then i moved to auburn when i went to school there moved back to Madison after graduation, and now I'm here in Dothan. Now, I've never been to Ohio, <laughs> so tell me how different is Ohio than the state of Alabama? Um, well, honestly, I thought it was going to be a lot more different than it is. Um, people are pretty nice up there. Um, they're not, you know, they're not as nice as Southerners. As, <laughs> you know, I like to brag about that. Um, but they are pretty nice up there, and uh, honestly, like when people ask me, the town Oxford, Ohio, that this the school was in is uh, it's a pretty small town. I kind of compare it to Geneva, um, and so it. I mean, the biggest difference to me is the weather, obviously, um, just because it is. It's a little cloudier there usually. You see the you see the blue sky here a lot more than you yeah. do there, um, and then it's colder, obviously. But um, other than that, I've been able to adjust pretty well. I mean, I had a guy from Atlanta. Um, actually the kicker above me was from Atlanta so we kind of you know we had each other to remind each other of home but mm -hmm. um so that that helped a lot but I you know I'm pretty much good and adjusted at this point so now Henry talk about your recruitment 
Um, when did things really start to heat up for you? And when did you know that Miami University would be your choice? Yeah, so I actually have a very atypical recruitment um, little timeline. So my 10th grade year, I um, 10th grade year was probably after that season was when I knew I could, you know, if I kept working hard and kept getting bigger, that there was a, probably a chance I'm going to be able to play in college and maybe even D1. And so then I got into the spring and I was going a little too hard and doing basketball after school and soccer and kicking and weightlifting and all that. And I started, I messed up one of my knees actually. And so um, I had pretty bad patellar tendonitis, my left knee, which is my plant knee. So I put all my weight into it every time I kick. And um, so I fought that for a long time. Um, Actually ended up having surgery after my junior year, uh, my junior season. And I was out, supposed to be out 12 weeks and I ended up being out five months. So that was bad. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was kind of, you know, I was pretty distraught because I had lost a lot of muscle and stuff. And then uh, I sat down and I said, you know what, senior year, I'm just go out there and just try to play for these guys I've played with for, you know, the past few years and just finish out. And if college happens, it happens. So I didn't actually go to any recruitment camps um, my senior summer, summer before my senior year, which is – I don't know if you know Very much important. about kicking yeah. recruiting, but if you have to go kick in front of them before they're going to pull a trigger on yeah. you. So um, I had talked to Doug Shear is my coach at Miami. And at that time he was at NC state mm-hmm. as the, uh, as a special teams analyst, I think. And he, we had talked some in the fall and I had had a pretty good, you know, I'd had a pretty good season and it turned out better. My knees started feeling better. So then he, uh, he gets hired at Miami February, beginning of February. Yeah. Um, at this point, I was going to Alabama. I mean, I was just going to be a student. And he calls me and I think, um, you know, that was around mid-February. He calls me and says, hey, man, I, you know, I know it's pretty late, but I, I got a spot for you and I, I want you to come. We come look at least. So I flew up there and. Rest is history, I guess. I committed uh, after I got in, so yeah. Man, dude, I'm just beaming right here in the studio for those who are listening. I mean, just I had no idea how, like you said, your recruitment experience went. Um, man, talk about the emotion with you and your family once you received that phone call from Coach Shearer. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I have to say, and my my coach, Brian Jackson, was pretty much family at that point. Um we had talked about, you know, he had told me and my parents that, you know, they've had people get offered in August before, you know, school starts. Then, you know, camp is starting in like a week and they yeah. got people offered. And so he just said, keep waiting, you know, don't give up. So I was still kicking some and training and just, you know, um, but I wasn't going at it full heartedly. Not necessarily not full heartedly. I wasn't going at it like I was getting ready to go to spring ball or something. Um, and so... Dad and I, you know, we talked a lot before that, and we'd kind of come to peace with what had happened, and then it was kind of just, I don't know, it was out of the blue. It was kind of, it was cool, I have to say. It it was kind of like validation for not giving up, you know, not just putting the cleats up. So that was, um, it was pretty cool for our our family, you know, because, you know, we get four more years of football, so that's always a blessing. Now, with away games, classes, practices, 
just college life in general, how challenging was your first semester as a college student athlete? Yeah, so um, I, I've always done pretty good in school, and I thought it was going to be the same way without much effort, to be honest, coming into uh, college. And I got there, and first week, kind of had a freak out. I mean, I dropped class, dropped my calculus class, because I actually had credit for it, but I was just going to take it anyway. Yeah. And I dropped that because I felt a little stressed out or whatever, but um, I kind of settled in after about two or three weeks. I got used to the the way I had to do things, and I was taking some online classes to help free up time um, around practice schedule. And so once I figured out how to set a schedule and when we're traveling on the bus, um, I'm doing homework, I'm writing a paper, reading, or and when we're in the hotel the night before games, me and one of the other punters would go down and spend some time in the business center. We would be doing homework. And uh, once I got that down, I, when I felt in control, that was whenever I, uh, I really chilled out and was able to just enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it definitely took some adjustment time because, you know, you're, you're on the road on the weekends and for half the, you know, we actually only played, I think we had five home games. So we were on the road a lot. Yeah. Um, and so once I, but just once it, it just took some time to get used to. And once I got used to it, I was, I felt okay. So, yeah. Now let's flash back to October 5th, 2018. You already know where I'm going, don't you? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> when you nailed a 35-yard game-winning field goal to beat the Slocum Red Tops. Tell me what was going through your head as you prepared for that kick and describe your emotions after that game. Yeah, so I don't know if you've seen the interview about it, um, but it's it was pretty cool, actually. Before the game, we were in the locker room before we rode over to the field, and our coach – um, Coach Riggs was giving us a speech, and he was going through all these positions and stuff. And he got to place kicker, and which he, you know, that doesn't get mentioned a whole lot by head coaches, but it got brought up. And he said, when our place kicker walks back and he's taking steps for a field goal, he's got to be like, watch this. Just that was what he said. Like yeah. he's got to be thinking that in his head. Watch this. I'm gonna nail it. And so, just happened to be the night that uh, you know it comes down, and I missed a field goal earlier in the game, and. But I wasn't too concerned. I think I'd made one, missed one, and then um, he he came up to me at halftime and he was like, "Shake it off, you know, shake that miss off, and you're gonna have to kick a field goal to win this game." And at that time, it was like a two two touchdown like <laughs> difference in the score, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, whatever." And uh, so I gets down to the end of the game, and we're driving to we're down. I don't know how many we're down, one or two, and uh, or no, we're we're tied. We're tied. That's right. Um, but we're driving, and one of my buddies actually caught a pass and got out of bounds in field goal range. And I'm like, all right, here we go. It's a kick I make every day in practice. Yeah. I mean, it's 35 middle, pretty routine stuff. Um, but I think they ice me, and so I come back to the sideline. I go out, we come back, and uh, one of the guys on the team, Joel Hughes, um, in my grade, Played with him the whole time I was at HA. He uh, came up to me and I was doing practice steps on the sideline, and he got my face kind of and was like, "Watch this!" and started backing up and saying it louder and louder. It was like a movie moment in my head, mm. um, but it was pretty cool. And went out there, snapped it, and give it to Slocum. They almost blocked it, but <laughs> we got it through. And I don't know. It was just like it was cool feeling. So I don't I don't know how else to describe it. It was just. Just a high, kind of. I don't know. Man, that's uh, 
like I said, to have your teammate come over there and reiterate the words that Coach Riggs said to you earlier that day. Yeah, uh, cool. Man, like you said, it does sound like a movie moment, but, uh, dude, that's, that gives you chills just thinking about it, you know? Oh, just yeah, give I get you chills every time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of field goals, that's your kicker. This is what we do, right? So... You made a 52-yard field goal against G.W. Long that tied the school record. Yes, sir. Uh, you made 11 field goals in your senior year that set a single-season school record. Mm-hmm. Uh, when a person looks in the Houston Academy record book and they see your name, Henry Beckett, how does that make you feel? Uh, it's pretty cool, especially, um, I don't know if you've seen my junior season stats, but they aren't very impressive. I kind of struggled. Um, I felt a lot of pressure. Coming just people, all these people around me, like, oh, you're going to kick in college and on. I think that I let it get to my head. So I struggled a little bit junior year, first half, and then I ended up finishing. I think I made eight straight or something. So that that coming into the second year um, helped me, definitely helped me a lot. And then I, I just, at that point, like I said, I was just kicking. I wasn't even kicking for college at that point. I was kind of just kicking for the guys around me. And I think that I owe it to a lot of them because they, uh, you know, my best friend of since I've been, I don't know, almost born. I think I went to see him in the hospital when he was born. Um, was my holder, William Lee. And, you know, that kind of thing, like I couldn't do it without him. Couldn't do it without the O-line. I couldn't do it without Alex Applefield. So I think when, it's cool to me when people see my name in there, but I, to me, a lot of that is owed to my friends and my teammates and the guys that, you know, the reason that I was playing that year. So that kind of is what I think of when I think of that. Yeah, that's, you know, this football is an ultimate team sport, man. So that's uh, that's awesome that you are giving that credit to your teammates because you know it's not just you. It's so many other parts that has to go right for the kick to be successful, you know. So uh, that's that's awesome that you recognize that and understand that with your teammates that you've played with over the years. Now – as you prepare for spring camp, uh, what are your goals? What part of your game are you looking to work uh, work on it the most? Which part of your game are you looking to improve on the most? Um, I would say the most thing that I need improvement on is kickoff. Yeah. Um, I was pretty good my senior year, and then I had, with all the knee stuff, I was still struggling. I took some time off and lost some muscle and just have never really gotten back to where I think I should be, and I wasn't even where I wanted to be you know, completely, we never really are, but um, even senior year. And so I'm, I think kickoff is going to be a big point of focus for me. And then just becoming consistent enough to where when my coach knows if I'm running out on the field that he does, he's not really sweating. He's not like, oh, do I really trust this guy? Yeah. I want to earn his trust through just consistency on field goal and just being able to kick the ball where he wants me to put it on kickoff. That's probably my two big goals. Now, um, you're kicking, and you did some punting as well in high school. Is there a chance you could do both at um, Miami University, or what's the situation there? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I was more of a rugby guy, yeah. and or, or a rollout punt, as they. I don't think the Australians appreciate it when we call it <laughs> rugby, but um, I was more of a rollout guy in high school, and we've we've gotten away from that. We used to do that um, with our old special teams coordinator, but our new guy. Um, he prefers, you know, pro style, traditional. Um, so I and my roommate happens to be uh, the punter in my that recruited in my class. So yeah. I don't think I'm going to try to take his job away anytime <laughs> soon. 
Now, as you know, Jack Martin was on my show recently. Uh, what I understand, you two have been close for several years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talk about your friendship with him, and when did you two first meet? So I started kicking my spring year of seventh grade, so spring ball of seventh grade. And I think we met at a camp, I believe it was following eighth grade year. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I know where it was. I yeah. don't know exactly where it was. Um, uh, and so we, uh, I don't know, we just kind of hit it off at that camp. He lived in up in Huntsville at mm-hmm. the time. And um, then I don't know when he moved, maybe ninth grade year, I think he moved and found out he's coming to Dothan and I was like oh that's really cool you know and um he ended up going over there to Northview and um I don't was Kobe there at the time Kobe Neenan I don't know if you know him yeah um, yeah I know of him I'm not sure I don't I can't remember exactly I think he played one year under Kobe anyway I had known Kobe yeah. from training um and so we kind of all got along and then Kobe graduated obviously and mm-hmm. me and Jack were left um but we've just you know we've trained together for five years probably four years like actually together a lot like consistently we would be together um and then we went to camps and stuff together like we went to auburn together and a bunch of uh brian jackson's camps like our kicking coach and we've just kept up over the years and um just pretty good friends i actually got to go kick with them up at troy um last weekend so that was fun i haven't kicked up there since the camp in i think ninth grade so it was cool to get to go see their new facility and kick with him yeah, I saw the video that Coach Jackson put together of you yep. three out there kicking. I know that was a special moment for you three, uh, being together, kicking, having, you know, kind of just shooting the breeze. And, uh, yep. man, that's that's awesome how that all connected. You know, you never know how your dots reconnect later in life. So to meet him in Mississippi, right? You said Hattiesburg, yeah. Mississippi. That's right, yeah. I guess that was at Southern Miss. Um, it was at, it was near Southern Miss, near same Southern Miss. town, but at a um, at a high school in the area. Yeah, so to meet him there, and then for him to move from Madison down to Dothan, and you guys reconnect here is that's pretty cool. But, yeah, it yeah. was. It was cool. Now, Henry, you know, I see your mom Stephanie all the time. Yeah, uh, and I know she's extremely proud of you. Uh, talk about your parents and the support they've shown you over the years. Yeah, so they've uh, yeah, they've been huge. Um, mom and dad, especially um family just in general but mom and dad especially um from a support standpoint you know emotionally and you know stuff like that and then also financially obviously with you know paying for all these camps that i've been to like me and jack went to minnesota and we've been to mississippi and all these places georgia and stuff we've been all over the place to kick um and so I know my dad worked a lot of extra call nights and he did a lot of stuff extra for that. And I really do appreciate him. And then my mom took me to a lot of those places. My dad took me to also, but um, my mom was with me, you know, all over the place. My granddad took me to one. Um, so everybody kind of pitched in. And then obviously I know they worry, they worried a lot for me, <laughs> like, especially in high school when I was the starter, yeah. it'll, it'll happen again. But um, whenever, I go out on the field, you know, I think my mom would pretty much cover her eyes <laughs> and wait for the crowd to let her know. And that's, you know, I could, you know, she helped me a lot, especially I think that I felt their support the most when at, with my knee stuff, when I got hurt, um, me and my dad would have these long conversations in our little workout room where he would, you know, he'd be on the workout machine or whatever on the elliptical and we'd be talking and 
um, he helped me talk through a lot of that, and that was that was really helpful. And so, yeah, they've they've definitely done their fair share of of uh, getting me where I am today. Now, Henry, before I let you go, what kind of advice would you give student athletes who are hoping to play at that next level? Um, first thing would be if you're just going to go off my story, don't, uh, don't give up when it's signing day. Um, I know my kicking coach tells a lot of people that, but when it, you know, even early signing day and then it comes around to February and all these guys or girls are getting signed and, um, it is kind of, it, I went through that and it, it sucks. I mean, you know, you've, you feel like you're good enough to do it and you're not, you're not the one sitting in the chair with the hat on and you're not signing a piece of paper saying you're going to play football or basketball or something somewhere. Um, so I would, that's the biggest thing is don't give up. I would say if you feel like, um, you're good enough and you deserve to be able to go play somewhere, just double down and keep your head, keep your head down and just keep working. You do you, um, keep putting out film and keep, texting coaches i know that it seems like you're annoying them but trust me there's a lot of other people out there annoying them too and, yeah um someone's gotta someone's gotta win so why not you right and then um from just a like a technical span- standpoint um i would say if you can especially football recruiting look for ga phone numbers graduate assistant phone numbers twitters emails stuff like that because those guys are the ones one who watch all the film so they're going to be a lot of them are the ones they actually at least in our it's like this everywhere they are the ones who put together all the game film and then they also do the majority of the recruiting film and they they watch a lot of recruiting film and then they'll send guys to you know coordinators and all that kind of stuff wide receiver coaches or in my case kicking coach slash special teams coordinator so I would say just those are the guys that um, one they have more time to do it because they that's kind of part of their job and um two they're going to be a little easier to reach because they don't a lot of them you know might have a thousand twitter followers and if you're looking at a power five school big d1 guy big d1 uh football program you know these these coaches have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers so their twitter dms are getting blown up but the gas are going to be a little more quiet so that is what i would say from like a actually recruiting standpoint so yeah henry i truly enjoyed you uh swinging by the sweet spot man i'm glad that you were able to come on the part of the show um you know although you're in ohio (laughs) remember that you have a huge supporting cast here in dothan man and uh you have a lot of people that are proud of you yeah thanks for having me it was fun now stay tuned for more of this episode of the sweet spot you're listening to the joy fm sports it's more than a game Welcome back to The Sweet Spot. It's time for Triple C, Corey's closing comments. And today, this is what I want to share with you. We don't have to know what God is doing to realize he's up to something. Uh, in this world that we live in, we, we're visual. We want to always be able to see what's going on. We want to be in the know and uh, not necessarily trust what's happening behind the scenes. But that's exactly who God is. 
God is always working on our behalf. He's like an air traffic controller I've heard my pastor Darius Creighton speak on before. Is He's always moving things out, moving things in, uh, aligning things in order. As we know, everything is uh, by God's order and His timing. So just just because you can't see it happening doesn't mean it's not happening. It's kind of like the wind. So we may not be able to see the wind, but you can definitely feel it blow uh, when it comes through. So just always know, even though it may not look like things are going your way, God is moving on your behalf. And as always, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot for the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.